This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Good morning, good morning. I've got to uh, manage some things here right now real quickly that uh, have been compounded here by... Hang on, I'll be right... Don't, don't lose me. Boy, I've got another speaker going here, which I need to ditch because you'll hear an echo. How's that? Am I back on production? Have I got her going here? Um, I had to ditch the other speaker I had, which I don't want an echo here. We're trying to pick up uh, our good buddy, Mark Glazer here. We uh, are having a little bit of trouble with the call in line. So we are here in the Warthog Command Center in the Mellon Law Studio, protected by, of course, Crime Prevention 24-7, 365. Uh, normally, we would have the call-in line going, uh, but um, we have got... Um, Welcome, host. You are now in the host now. room and okay, can manage your callers now. from the call-in studio web interface. Okay, good. Um, and I think we're hooking up with Mark Glazer right now. We got to report with him every once in a while to make sure that... Um, you all are up on, well, we can't use the F word anymore. Uh, so we beep ourselves on that, but we do use, I don't know how you say it, election integrity. Mark, can you hear me? I guess you can't hear me. Can you hear? Hang on, friends. I'm trying to do what we can here. I guess you can't hear me. Okay, I'm going to skip the order a little bit here and see if we can get him connected up. We can't get him connected up. Uh, we'll get him connected up at the bottom of the hour. Uh, I want to do a little local stuff here until we can figure out what's going on here and get him hooked up. Um, locally, there's something kind of strange that's going on that a lot of people have called my attention to in the city of Gainesville, which, of course, is uh, occupied primarily by the genetic material from the 1947 UFO landing that uh, by the Lake of the Stupids that created all the um, progeny, if you will, for the people who now run the city. You know, the city of Gainesville is in terrible condition. It uh, has got its uh, credit rating downrated, downrated, downrated. It's got too many commissioners. It should only have five. It's got seven. For the longest time, it had interim this and interim that, and nobody there knew what to do about it. And finally, they decided, oh, well, what the heck, let's take away the interim. Um, so who knows what that's going to result in. They've not been able to do an adequate audit of the city of Gainesville forever in a day. And um, the people who wanted to do the audit couldn't even find the bills to look, look at, the receipts, if you will, to look at. Uh, you know, one of the things that normal people do uh, when they take a look at their credit card statements, for example, is balance the receipts against that which is on your bill to see if anything in there is bogus. Well, the city of Gainesville can't even do that. So um, now on top of all that, and they're 
and it really is their charge to try to lead the world in everything. Um, they are pleased to announce, um, uh, of course, um, uh, um, a chief executive climate officer, all things. Now, yesterday we covered this pretty th thoroughly, this climate, uh, what do you want to call it? It's a flavor of the month, uh, climate change, this, that, one thing, another, um, in the national agenda, which is totally endorsed by Uncle Joe and spending all this money on things, which really at the bottom of the hour, when I get into the weather, you'll have a little more appreciation for how futile it is and what a political shell game it is. But, you know, the city of Gainesville always wants to lead the world, and it has led the world in the biomass plant, for example, which is a huge boondoggle. Um, it's driven up the GRU rates. GRU can't even read its meters. Um, people have no choice, of course, in the utility. Uh, it would be nice if they could just crawl up the pole and hook up with some other uh, form of energy. And, of course, in the infinite wisdom of this of community, after uh, Chuck Clemens and all went to bat for the city to try to get an independent kind of group to run the GRU utility, which has naturally uh, uh, become a cash cow for the city uh, to mismanage. They uh, take money from that which makes money, the utility, and then use it to cover all their mistakes and their other uh, uh, um, um, spending sprees for all sorts of folly. Um, and that's basically what happens when you get a city uh, run by Democrat liberals. It's uh, not true just of Gainesville. The city of Gainesville is true for the whole country. And uh, we can point to Democrat-run cities and we can point at the terrible policing that's going on or the terrible mismanagement of money. Or we have quintessential examples, which is like Chicago. Memphis has been in the news lately. It's a fiasco. So. Um, we, we, we have Gainesville, and Gainesville has always wanted to be, well, like Portland and places like that. They always go to liberal cities to steal ideas from them. And now they have actually hired um, a, a, a Chinese lady. Now, you would think on the, well, that's probably appropriate, um, since we know that China is the biggest polluter in the world right now. And it's the place, ironically, that uh, we'll have to get all our material from to run our electric cars. Uh, which are supposed to clear up our climate issues, but the climate issues will be exacerbated by the fact that the minerals we need to make the batteries for the cars, which incidentally explode on the highways and this, that, one, and another. Um, so here we go. We get the minerals from Africa. We get the minerals from China. So I guess it's appropriate. Um, I mean, you can't make this stuff up. It really is stranger than fiction. Um, uh, the city of Gainesville has, a, and I don't know how you say the name, Don Zhu, uh, has a PhD. So, you know, having a PhD in the city of Gainesville, which is run by the University of Florida, uh, certainly uh, gives you a pedigree. Uh, you can say, well, wow, here's another PhD. Therefore, uh, you are uh, got the proper paperwork to belong to the uh, proper lunch groups. Uh, you got the proper paperwork to be introduced by the chamber uh, at all. You can go to the breakfasts with the university. Uh, you have your credentials. So we have to have a PhD. And um, uh, and I don't think it's a PhD in climate. Uh, it is obviously a PhD in urban and regional planning. Now, let me just give you the history of 
urban, urban and regional planning. Uh, urban and regional planning uh, is an absolute, Gainesville is an absolute mecca for the graduates of urban and regional planning uh, curricula uh, to, to come to because the, Gainesville has never met a wacky idea it didn't like. And so I'm serious. I've talked to the urban planners. How did they pick this town? They pick this town because they pretty much get a blank check. Uh, they can pretty much go try out any idea they learned in the uh, greenhouse over there at the University of Florida in the artificial plant houses, uh, which is what they all kind of are. They're not nature people, true nature people. They've grown up in the university hothouses. And so uh, you come here the, to Gainesville and you get to try out all kinds of wacky ideas and you get a blank check, basically. So this lady, I'm sure she's nice enough and earnest enough. She's been interviewed. She seemed to uh, she had the proper kind of accent. You could tell that she was Asian and that fits right in, you know, because our brain bowl here at Buholtz High School is always being dominated by Asians. So that, that, that also is the proper pedigree. But don't mistake for a moment. Don't think for a moment that this woman has a degree in any kind of climate study. She's not a climatologist. Um, you know, she is an urban planner. Now, urban planning, um, you would think, is about streets and bicycle lanes and we're going to get to that in a minute because we're also going to try out all that uh, hocus pocus on the city of Gainesville. So uh, she's uh, going to take this urban planning and she's going to this degree in urban planning and somehow uh, tweak it into an environmental science and sustainability focus, which is a, really a stretch if you think about it. And a whole policy push that she's going to make which you can bet is going to be signed off on uh, by the powers that be is to uh, um, do what? Can you guess? Reduce greenhouse gas emissions. She did that in Marion County. She was a planner there. Um, golly, I mean, greenhouse gas emissions. Now, let me get this straight. Um, you drive... First of all, you have to realize there's no way to transverse the city of Gainesville except on Northwest 39th Avenue, basically uninterrupted from east to west. You can't get to East Gainesville from West Gainesville easily. It will take you an hour to get at least an hour. It's like going across Mexico City. Uh, Mexico City, when I was last there, took three or four hours to get across. And... Uh, now we've got a city here, which you don't have very good regional transportation systems. So you can't take the bus from point A to point B. Uh, if you try to go 8th Avenue, you've got quote unquote common uh, traffic calming roundabouts. Uh, fire trucks can't get through there easily. We've got all these great speed bumps that are going on in the place. Barley wanted to actually push like crazy and we covered all that when it was going on to make Northwest 16th Avenue a two-lane road of all things. And it actually came down to a compromise on 8th where it's a three-lane road. 
I always nicknamed Harvey Bug, Three Lane Harvey. And, um, uh, uh, you know, it, 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 was, it was just this question of choking down traffic is basically what urban and regional planning is doing. Now, right now, get ready. Somebody has uh, strong-armed a grant to really make University Avenue essentially a road inside the University of Florida campus. Now, over the break, over Christmas, I did travel through the University of Florida on the campus by automobile just to see if I could do it. And when I was a student here in the early 60s, I had a car on campus. I parked it right outside the dorm. I mean, it was just the way it was. Of course, we know what happens. Uh, we get more and more people and less and less space. So now if you want to get up from point A to point B on the University of Florida campus, good luck. You can, you know, you're going to have the double time and it's basically an armed military camp. You've got uh, guards and you've got people asking for your ID and checkpoint Charlie's and all these things. And so we're now basically turning University Avenue into part of the University of Florida campus. But this evidently is not going to be the purview of the chief climate officer. And they've got another muckety-muck for that, no doubt. So uh, here we got a, a lady who has the pedigree, quote unquote, been around the world, uh, you know, has um, studied environmental science and sustainability, um, has uh, you know, a lot of urban efficiency, whatever that is. Basically, it comes down to anti-automobile and anti-internal combustion engine. So I suppose one can, with a stretch, say that uh, we have got um, somebody in charge who, what? Knows what she's doing, is credential to know what she's doing. And she's making about 90 grand a year. Now we have another character over there whom I know very well. I've known him since he was a kid. Uh, he followed me at some point to be uh, the city manager of Archer and that place drove him crazy. Um, Zariah Foster, I think is his name. And, and a nice gentleman, but he's making six figures as a officer of uh, diversity and inclusion. So now we've got some people over there Combine their salaries, you've got probably almost $300,000 in salaries. For a couple of people, I don't mean to pick on them. I'm, I'm sure they're nice people and they are doing what their opportunity presents for them to do. I mean, what, who would turn down uh, a six-figure job to be in charge of uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion? Well, nobody would if they're going to give you that kind of money. Now, I don't know exactly what you do when you're in charge of diversity, equity, and inclusion, but you do something to you get, I'm sure you get an office, you get a staff, you get a whole bunch of stuff, bless their hearts. And this is ironic because I know the young man couldn't stand to minister at Archer. Listen, if you can take care of Archer, you can run the Soviet Union. I mean, it is a tremendously big challenge there. It's this redheaded stepchild of the county. Uh, if there were true districts, it would have been what used to be Mike Barley. Uh, so there are no true districts. Nobody really wanted anything to go on in Archer. Um, and so now I don't know what we do 
with a chief climate officer. Um, she uh, has been in the Department of Sustainable Development. Now, I got to take a breath. Sustainable development. I'm not sure what that is. I think what sustainable development means is let's just translate it to the rental business. It gives the uh, authorities, let's put it, you know, let's put it mildly, the authorities, um, the right to go inspect your rental houses to make sure the toilets are now the new type that don't waste water. If they're not, you got to yank out your old toilet and put it in there. And the list goes on and on and on. Now, basically what you've got, if you are a landlord, you've got a couple of masters. First of all, you have the Landlord Tenant Act, which you must, you know, be uh, adhere to and, you know, have all the proper I's dotted and T's crossed. And on top of that, you've got this landlord certification you have to have, permit, uh, and here in the Gainesville in order to rent. And that certification gives the bureaucrats of sustainable development, I suppose, some branch of them, the right to come in and inspect your windows. Um, hey, if you got cracked windows, if you got one pane out of a double pane sliding glass door, uh, uh, you know, you've got inefficiency somewhere, uh, you there shall be ordered to repair it or you won't be able to rent it because it won't give you a landlord permit. Uh, this has to be tied into the notion of sustainable development. I mean, come on. Um, it, it is, it is uh, a wackadoo. So uh, here we are. Uh, uh, I'm getting uh, my computers are all kind of weird today. I apologize. And I don't mean to be loading something here when I don't need it loaded. Thank you. Um, we've been trying to hook up with Mark and at break, I'm going to have to figure out how we can do that because we got a great report coming in from him. Uh, basically, what stymied us today is our call-in line website is down inexplicably. We don't have any control over that. So uh, uh, we have been trying to uh, uh, hook up here. Let me see if I got a message here, my friends. Hang on. Um, um, uh, yeah. Okay. All right. I'll try to call Mark on the break and speak to him through the speakerphone, see if that'll work. So... Um, Anyway, we, we didn't have our call-in line working today, and that frustrated us in terms of hooking him up. You know, it's, a, uh, it's, a, it's always interesting on the Internet world. We take so much for granted about it, and yet it governs so much of what we do. Um, we joked the other day when the whole Internet on Windstream was down from Georgia to Florida that good thing there wasn't a football game or nobody would have been able to get into the University of Florida, who was on Windstream anyway, I'll get into the University of Florida football games because you get in electronically now through your phone. Kind of interesting, huh? But meanwhile, I just wanted to cover this. We are marching on uh, uh, inexplicably towards more and more bureaucracy in the climate change world. And the climate change world is uh, got its latest, its latest uh, enemy. Can you believe this? And I'm sure probably we'll get into this if you have this. And one of the ways we can get into it is, of course, through 
uh, the landlord certification. We could even get into it through building permits because you know you have to get a certificate of occupancy. And what I'm going to uh, cover with you right now that we're going to get into is the gas stove of all things, my friends. Now, yet right now we're not talking about uh, your your gas um, cooker, you know, out on your deck or uh, out on your porch uh, that you get get down to the hardware store and get one, and everybody cooks out with them. We've already had an attack on the charcoal stoves because the charcoal stoves are a sustainable no-no. And if I read this job correctly, the climate change officer may well be able to, who knows, it's not all that far-fetched to come into your backyard and see if you've got charcoal burners. I'm not making this stuff up. So the great, this is called the Great Gas Stove Rebellion. And it's, it's uh, now the attack is on the smoothly regulated glass flow cooking capability. Now, restaurants cook on gas, and they should, most of them, all of them, well, all the ones I've ever worked in, uh, cooked on gas, because you can adjust that flame under that burner in all sorts of subtle nuances you can't do with an electric stove. So gas is the preferred form of cooking. Um, but now that we have this progressive technocratic authoritarianism as so described in a journal article, uh, which uh, our dear friend who has become our climate change officer in Gainesville is a product of, or operating under the auspices of, uh, we have now got in her sights, it would have to be in her sights, um, all the gas stoves that are around in people's kitchens that shall be no more. Um, this is the, the, the next attack uh, on uh, climate change. It's an unelected official uh, a regulation. You know, think about this, and it's not, it, it, where's the science uh, that's going to adversely affect the lives of millions of Americans if the right uh, conservative minds can't take hold of this culture war? that's going on. And one of the elements of the culture war is this whole mix of culture and politics and the woke influence in it. So the uh, dogma is uh, going to be moving through our lives with gas stoves, uh, street designs, um, flushing toilets, uh, and it's going to affect millions and millions of lives. Now, underpinning all this, is um, the, the ideological war that the left is waging, and it's waging it on all sorts of fronts. It's waging it on sex, uh, it's wa wa waging it on race, and it's also wa waging it on the planet. Um, these are all issues that um, have created an incredible amount of hyper-partisanship, divisiveness, and extremism. And just look at the way, which if I get time today, I'll get into. If I don't, I'll get into it tomorrow, of the way they bash DeSantis. See, DeSantis is pretty much tough to take down. See, they've been chipping away at Trump for quite a while, and I think they've just about got him to the place where he's damaged goods. Uh, he's not raising money like he did uh, for his previous campaigns. They've been really hammering on him. Uh, 
The next person they're going to have to hammer on, they're going to use the California governor to do it and all the others that they can pile on with, uh, is DeSantis. DeSantis has become uh, the extremist in, uh, in defense of common sense. That's my coinage there. Really, what he is uh, fighting is hyperpartisanship and divisiveness in the political discourse, but he's getting blamed for creating it. Don't buy that for one moment. Don't buy into that notion for one moment. It has always been the uh, liberal uh, indoctrination of actually every corner of our culture they can get their hands on. The universities are firmly entrenched and they've become a battlefield. They, of course, the media has been part and partial of the woke left all this time. And now we are making an assault on under the umbrella of sustainability, everything from kitchen appliances to speed bumps in front of the university and anything else that happens to be stretchable, stretchable, that's also my terminology, stretchable into the war on common sense. It's, um, it's really something to behold. And you're going to see it heat up, heat up, heat up. No pun intended because we do heat with gas. Um, we did away with natural gas, as you know, uh, because of the uh, um, uh, threat of fossil fuel coal and, and all gas being, it was the cheapest, most, uh, most affordable thing, plentiful, we could have ever run the utilities off of, uh, but of course, P. Green underhand and her crowd didn't like it at all. So we have got to um, figure out uh, how to, to um, uh, deal with this. The, the swamp is now called the green swamp uh, because it has become so much infiltrated by this climate change obsession. So really, when you think about it, the adjective green is perfect for the noun swamp. A swamp is green. So the swamp in D.C. is green, and it's filled with wasted money on wasted efforts that are going on as we try to come to our senses. And it's very difficult to come to your senses when, as you heard Ted Yoho say to yesterday, and he was in D.C., if you don't go along with the climate hysteria, you don't get invited to lunch. I mean, you're ostracized. You're cut off. You're out, of the, you're out all by yourself on the end of the plank. So uh, we'll cover this, how this has become the deep swamp, green swamp, uh, in a little bit. But um, you can bet that the public enemy, uh, number one, is going to be DeSantis. Uh, it's 927. I'm going to break a little early and see if I can get uh, contact some way, somehow, with our good friend, uh, Mark Glazer. And um, production, give me a little longer break, if you will, and I'll come back and do the weather, but I'll stay in touch. Be right back on the Ward Scott Files.
Although the owner of Lewis Oil Company maintains she is 29, Lewis Oil turns 60 years old in June. Chevron would like to recognize the North Florida second-generation family-owned business, celebrating its growth and staying power. Lewis Oil Company maintains significant on-hand supplies, strategically located fuel depots, a delivery fleet, on-site service, fuel card locks, and convenience stores. Lewis Oil Company understands its responsibility in the local economy by providing service and delivery on on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. The Ward Scott Files Gold sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, RR Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Ward Scott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All these poop. Warthog. He's gonna come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, Large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. The Ward Scott Files Gold sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, RR Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Ward Scott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. 
or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth. All bees poop. A warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Welcome back to Ward Scott Files. Professor Ward Scott here in the manly Warthog Man Cave in the Melbourne Law Studio, protected by crime prevention. And thank you to all the sponsors on the spot, cleaners, patronizing great people, style cuts, all these people who support us and donate to us are great people. Um, I'm going to do a little weather here for you because it's kind of interesting. We're enjoying some really great weather here and particularly great compared to the rest of the nation. We've got uh, wonderful kind of balmy air here, 80 degrees. Um, no rain, it's front coming, but still we've been enjoying some good weather. Uh, pollen from the pine trees here in the piney woods in North Central Florida is already accumulating on the outdoor furniture. So nature has been tricked into believing spring is here. And when we can, we know here in North Central Florida, we can still have more freezes. But um, throughout the mid part of the country, uh, they are suffering from some really icy weather. And it's due to something called a polar vortex. And I've been researching this. I want to go through this polar vortex with you a little bit and let you kind of hear the interesting stuff about it. It is a phrase that's become very popular. This is according to some research I found on AccuWeather. Uh, it's kind of a buzzword. Uh, but the science behind it is um, a basic fixture of the Earth's atmosphere. Now, I think it's so interesting to talk this way on the heels of what we just talked about with a climate change officer for the city of Gainesville. Uh, you, are you telling me this lady is going to be able to do something about the polar vortex, which is a basic fixture of the Earth's atmosphere? Uh, it is a phenomenon that occurs at the Earth's poles. So let me get this straight. Our, our dear heart, PhD in urban planning and sustainability, who now is a climate change officer for the city of Gainesville, is going to be able to affect the polar vortex phenomenon. The Earth, which has two poles, north and south, uh, spins on this axis. Um, this cold air generally usually is tightly bound to polar regions by a strong counterclockwise winds known as a polar jet stream. Hello. Uh, this uh, polar vortex mostly affects the Northern Hemisphere, any place that can be affected by uh, subtle changes in the North Pole. So you gotta go pretty far North. I doubt the city of Gainesville climate change officer can affect this. When the polar vortex is strong, the polar jet stream locks bitterly cold, dry air in place over the Arctic. When strong, these winds essentially act as an unscalable wall that frigid air cannot breach. However, parts of this wall of wind can become vulnerable when certain atmospheric conditions. Now, I don't think this has anything to do with a motor car or cow flatulence. Um, it's a strong area of high pressure near the Arctic that disturbs the polar vortex. 
the strong pressure develops in the atmosphere and it squishes the polar vortex farther south into places like North America or Europe or Asia. And it is a strengthening high pressure area. And it's like a balloon filling up with air. Uh, the pocket of air outside of the balloon, the polar vortex gets pushed farther away from the balloon. So um, this is a very daunting, influential uh, force that causes really big weather changes. It's counterintuitive, but when the flow weakens, pieces of polar air can travel southward and create pools of bitterly cold air. And that's what we've got going on right now. Usually this, is, this influence remains in Canada and the northernmost tiers of the United States. Uh, but occasionally it breaks out and does what you see happening in the center of the United States right now, even as far south as Texas, which was one of the hardest hit areas. Uh, the storm was able to uh, bring Arctic air into that area and create ice on the roads that people there had little experience in dealing with. So uh, this is something that uh, uh, I don't think, uh, and I don't mean to be facetious, but it just presents itself with that opportunity uh, that the little uh, officer at uh, the city of Gainesville is going to be able to do much about. And, um, you know, it's, 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 it's the wacky world we live in. I titled today's show, The Syllabus Change. Uh, we're going to try to pick up Mark maybe tomorrow. Uh, we've had too many de technical difficulties to overcome today. Uh, we can run that story a little bit later, and uh, hopefully it will uh, uh, keep your attention going till then. Um, let's go back into what's going on in the country before we come to the syllabus change. Let's just uh, take a look at Memphis. Um, and I'm gonna take a look at, I'm building a, uh, a, a, a bibliography now for my research paper. And I'm gonna re, uh, uh, share with you the, what I read uh, to build my paper from. This is the way research writing works. Um, first of all, I got interested in taking a look at Memphis. And of course, I like Jason Riley. I trust his mind. He's a black fella. I don't know that. I mean, it doesn't matter to me. He's just a smart guy, and he has a column weekly in the Wall Street Journal. And he is going after, in his article I'm going to reference here in my, in my paper, um, the New York Times. Now, the New York Times is a notoriously left outfit. New York is a notoriously left state. Uh, it has probably got more exodus from it uh, to Florida than Californians go to Texas, uh, the New Yorkers come to Florida. So in this article about Tyree Nichols uh, in New York Times, Jason Riley writes that there are multiple references to quote the old Confederacy. Somehow the New York Times worked into its news story about the death of the black suspect who was pummeled by black officers in a city with a black female police chief. Somehow, the New York Times couldn't write about this without referencing 
the old Confederacy. Now, Jason Riley thinks that's a horrible intrusion into what happened to Nichols. It adds nothing in terms of clarity to the story. But it is that which sells papers. And the New York Times thinks it's the center of the universe. So Riley writes, and you know, I'm a fan also of the Manhattan Institute, Heather McDonald. Jason Riley writes that in 2021, the Manhattan Institute has a political scientist named Eric Kaufman who wrote that police killings of African-Americans declined 60 to 80% from the late 1960s to the early 2000s and have remained at this level ever since. Now, the reason I'm doing this part of my research with you is because DeSantis has said, and the college boards have gone along with it, by golly, that the black history course or black course that you created is fraught with misleading information. Basically, if you take what I've said so far, one might think of it this way. If DeSantis had not intervened, the black history course would have been written by the New York Times. DeSantis is saying it ought to be written by the Manhattan Institute. Do you get my point, students? You get my point? Which of the two sources of information, the New York Times and the Manhattan Institute, do you think is more objective and more reasonable? Okay. Now, furthermore, a study published in the Journal of Trauma and Acute Surgery in 2018, I love this type of citation because now we have the Manhattan Institute and now we have the Journal of Trauma and Acute Surgery. See, this is the way I used to be able to evaluate research papers. In the bibliography, which is called the works cited, before the works cited as the works consulted, you look at that first. And if you find the student has found something as truly diverse, and that's the proper use of the word, Manhattan Institute and the Journal of Trauma and Acute Surgery, you start paying a little more attention to that student because you're about to learn from that student. And that's the way I always knew I had an A student. If suddenly the student was teaching me with the tools that I had suggested the student use. As the professor 
I taught the tools. The evaluation was how those tools were used. So a study published in the Journal of Trauma and Acute Surgery in 2018 looked at more than a million service calls to police departments in Arizona, Louisiana, and North Carolina and found that officers used physical force in the course of arrests, are you ready for this? Less than 1% of the time. Less than 1% of the time. Now, a reasonable question is, did you know this? Did you read it anywhere in the popular media? Moreover, this journal found that 98% of the suspects who were arrested using force, quote, sustained no or mild injury, end quote. And I don't know why all of a sudden I'm hearing myself there. I've got to turn that down. A lot of computers going here today. I'm trying to manage so we had a mess up on our technical stuff. But do you understand the difference here? This is the way I have of thinking about what was wrong with the Black History course before DeSantis got involved. It was being written by the New York Times, not the Manhattan Institute. Now, New York City, New York City has the nation's largest police department. And whenever I go to the U.S. Open, I always chat with the guys. They're all out there. And, you know, they're the New York NYPD. They are really something else taking care of that city. In New York City, which has the largest police department, and by the way, I think Memphis, I learned, had 2,100 police staff and is down 500. So in New York City, police shootings declined by 90% since the early 1970s. Nationwide, police killed 999 people in 2019. This is according to a database maintained by the Washington Post. And I like that Washington Post being in the work cited because it is a liberal publication, but it keeps a database. So we got a good, diverse, and inclusive work cited in this research. Now, the victims, almost all of whom had weapons, included 424 whites and 253 blacks. 12 of the black victims and 26 of the white victims were unarmed. 
So Riley's point is, as bad as it appears the police officers behaved in the Tyree Nichols video, it is wrong to generalize about policing based on this incident. And yet that's what Uncle Joe is doing. It's so easy. The, the politicians never miss an opportunity to personally profit from some unexamined event. By profit, I mean politically profit. So all the data that so far Riley has presented doesn't comport with the popular criticism of the cops as racist and prone to use excessive force. Now, Riley also hypothesizes that because that's the emphasis, the violent crime in Memphis, Tennessee is going to get worse now before it gets better. Irony is the opposite of what you expect to be true. This is ironic, you see, don't you think? Because the sudden rush to judgment without a due process, they've already been tried in the press, tried in the media, because it's convenient, quick, popular thing to do. is going to get, make crime worse rather than better. Now, there's another citation in this presentation, a, a man named Roland Fryer. He's a Harvard economist. See how diverse this work cited is? He has researched the aftermath of high profile encounters between black suspects and police. And he found a, what Riley calls a disturbing pattern. When police departments are investigated following incidents of deadly force that have gone viral, police activity declines and violent crime increases. We've got that going on right here in good old Gainesville, Florida. Done away with the canine units. Done away with the helicopter. And what do you read about? Fewer or more shootings. What do you hear about? Fewer or more shootings. In Ferguson, Missouri, after Michael Brown was killed by a police officer, violent crime increased. In Chicago, after a cop fatally shot Aquan McDonald. In Baltimore, 
all these cities, when the onus immediately is on the cops, which statistically are exceptions rather than the rule, then the crime increases. Now, in an academic paper that this man wrote, this economist, in the cities where investigations were not prompted by media attention, there was little change in police behavior or in homicides. But for investigations that were preceded by a viral incident of deadly force, such as Baltimore, Chicago, Cincinnati, Riverside, California, Ferguson, there's a marked increase in both homicide and total crime. So the problem they've concluded in this research is not with the investigation itself, but the circumstances under which it occurred. This rush to judgment results in a violent crime increasing. So here are some statistics that might interest you. The estimates suggest that investigating police departments after viral incidents of police violence is responsible for approximately 450 excess homicides per year. This is two times the loss of life in the line of duty for the US military in a year. It's 12.6 times the annual loss of life due to school shootings. And it's three times the loss of life due to lynchings between 1882 and 1901. However, the media remains most interested in hot takes before introspection or even discussing the statistical evidence. And sadly, and Jason Riley says that most law-abiding residents of poor black communities will bear the brunt of any crime surge in Memphis. That's where this squad, Scorpion, was working in a black area that was heavy with crime. Interesting. If written by a black writer or otherwise, I don't think could have been said. Now, in that context, we have got a challenge which um, you're probably aware of, 
and I'll probably take in consideration more thoroughly tomorrow. But the Florida college system presidents, I don't think this has been written about. This is in Breitbart. The Florida college system presidents, that is called the council of presidents. That is the community college presidents. Okay. They unanimously will not support critical race theory or other divisive diversity related initiatives on campus. That's the Florida College System Presidents, the Council of Presidents for Community Colleges. They will work to ensure, this is a quote, all initiatives, instruction, and activities do not promote any ideology that suppresses intellectual and academic freedom, freedom of expression, viewpoint diversity, and the pursuit of truth in teaching and learning. And that's all what I am right there. I am about the pursuit of truth in teaching and learning. As you know, this is a classroom. Furthermore, the Florida College System of Presidents will not fund these practices or policies that promote or embrace woke beliefs and practices that focus on, quote unquote, oppression as the primary lens through which teaching and learning are analyzed. Did you know that? Did you know that? But we'll work at getting Mark back and thanks for the show today. Uh, your hands are the professional. When things go wrong, I'll still land the plane. And I want to thank production for working with me hand in hand. And um, hopefully you got a little out of today's class that you didn't know about before you tuned in. So have a great day. Board Hulk Command Center out.